Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. Before we begin today, I want to send out prayers to all of the family members and friends that lost loved ones to COVID-19. I also want to send special prayers out to all of the first responders and frontline workers, like the gas station attendant, the gal and, and guy at the grocery store packing our bags, the pharmacy. Uh, we want to, I want to thank all of those individuals putting their lives online every day to service us and give us a normal life as we go through this transition in our country's history. Today, I am very proud and honored to have on my show a former military veteran, small business owner, law graduate, and now candidate for U.S. Congress in Virginia's 7th Congressional District. Let me welcome to the show Jason Roberg. Hey, how are you today? How are you? I'm doing well, Jason. Uh, thank you so much for your service to our country. And thank you again for wanting to stand up for the people of America and for Virginia by wanting to run for Congress and represent us again today. Uh, can you please share with us uh, a little bit about your background and history, uh, Jason? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, um, you know, like you, you gave a little bit of an overview. I was in the Coast Guard and uh, have a bachelor's degree, master's in business, and a law degree, and I have started my own small businesses. I own a few real estate businesses, and I've had experience in operations and management and uh, done a number of things. And honestly, I just want to take my background and really give – give back and by representing people and it's about it's about we the people it's not about me um at all you know i i've 
I declared uh, months ago that I'd be donating my entire salary to charity upon election. So that's something that I think is <clears throat> extremely important because it restores faith in, in our politicians where we're at a point clearly in history uh, where our politicians have an approval rating of somewhere around 0%, but it's a little bit higher than that. And uh, because that, they're, they're just dragging their feet a lot. So, yeah, so basically Mike, my, my, I'm a grassroots candidate and uh, I'm here to represent the people. That's my goal. Thank you so much. Uh, also, you're a civil rights activist as well. Um, and you've been honored by the Massachusetts Supreme Court as being recognized for the pro bono legal work that you do. So I want to note that to the American people, uh, that your service to help people uh, has began way before you're running for this office. Can you please talk to us, Jason, about some of the issues that you've identified in Virginia that made you want to run for Congress in your district? Well, you know, some of the current issues, I got to talk about this because it's right on the forefront here. Our statues Mm -hmm. and our monuments are under extreme attack right now. I mean, you know, they started off by saying, oh, it's just the Confederate uh, statues and we're just we just want to get rid of the Confederate ones. Well, you know, now uh, fast forward about a week or so. And now they're trying to get rid of uh, basically any historical monument or statue they can get their hands or their spray paint on. I mean, these people, they are sick. They just, they they have no respect for public property. And really it's, uh, these are pieces of art also, you know, they're sculptures made out of stone, bronze, metals, what what have you. And, uh, you know, this is, this is something that we need to have. This is, this is our history. So one of the big issues here, believe it or not, is is actually the monuments and statues. You know, I've, I've been a proponent of, keeping them um, in, in place, intact, how they have been for for however many years they've been up, 100, 200 years, depending on the, on the statue or monument. Uh, that's a big issue. You know, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about that issue. Another issue we have here is our gun rights are getting taken away by our governor. We've got Governor Blackface Northam here. He is one of the worst governors, you know, our, the, state, the state motto there, Six Semper Tyrannus which is uh, thus to tyrants, right? So the, the motto of the state is basically we don't want the tyrants here, and we have a, a currently we have a, a tyrannical governor. And uh, he's basically just stripping away everyone's rights. He's signing uh, unconstitutional gun laws into, into uh, law, gun bills into law uh, that the legislature is giving him, and that's pretty disgusting. I mean, the Second Amendment is absolute, so... Uh, we've got the gun situation, the monuments. Uh, I mean, honestly, whenever anyone asks me this question, I, I tell them this is a five-hour answer because there are so many issues we need to work on now. But those those are a couple of the top two uh, uh, issues right there. But uh, Thank you, Jason. I, I want to add to your, your comments about the statute and the First Amendment and some of our constitutional rights. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, an Afri- I'm an African-American. Jewish Republican. Mm-hmm. And the attacks, <laughs> yeah, I know, yep. the attacks it's that I've unusual, come, uh, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> would you say, Jason? It's an unusual combination, so, but we love you anyway. <laughs> so, thank you. So uh, yep. I don't have one strike. I have three strikes. But right, the most right. ironic thing is is that most of the racist comments 
are coming from other blacks. But I'm leading that in to say, yeah, I'm leading that in to say that a black person, and I want to call him what it is, a black person, I'm not going to mention his name, commented to me about the statutes, and am I in favor Mm -hmm. of tearing down the statutes? And this was my response. Mm -hmm. First, I am a child of God, and I don't worship any symbols. That's first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, believe in the removal of any of the statutes or any of our history, good, bad, or indifferent, because to know nothing of the past is to understand rule of the present and have no conception of the future. So I ended my comment with this gentleman by saying, where does it stop? A hundred years from now, when they want to tear down Obama's statute, when they want to tear down Martin Luther King's statute, where does it stop? Yeah, where does well, it there's stop? no end to it. Yeah, it, 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 well, Exactly. It it's, purely, it's purely driven by emotional insecurities, okay, rather than appealing to the state government and trying to move policy or legislation properly to solve whatever issues they have. But that's not the case. Okay? Yeah. And um, it's it's very, very sad that the beginning of communism is what we have now, the challenge we have in our educational system. And you look at now, they're trying to tear down our history. So we must be careful. We must protect the history at all costs. This is the greatest nation in the world. Uh, I... This is your interview, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, The second thing that I want to mention is it's ironic that when all elected officials, state, federal, and even local, they swear on the Bible, swear into the Constitution of that state and the Constitution of the United States of America. And it's ironic how you just mentioned about your governor, how they forget Mm -hmm. that they're there to protect the rights of all people and not to impose their will upon others. It's very, very sad, and I just wanted to note that um, uh, yeah. before uh, you continue. you want to add anything to that, Jason? No, I mean, I guess just uh, the governor here, you know, he's, you, you know, if I were in his shoes, this is how I would do it. If I were in his shoes, you know, what would I do? You know, you have two opposing views you have the anarchists versus the people who want to preserve uh history or statues or monuments or however you want to uh, refer to them and you know if i were in his shoes i don't think that after hundreds of years of these things being up we're just tearing them down because of an angry mob uh is the most logical choice uh you know that's it's a pretty uh knee-jerk reaction they call it right so I think that it's right. uh, it's it's not acceptable. Um, you know, I, I I stand against it. And to be honest, I you know instead of putting these statues into some storage warehouse place uh, in the dark with a tarp over them for who knows how long they'll be there until uh, someone with some common sense pulls them out. I mean, if you have to remove them, if it's so important to remove these things, uh, give them to a museum. The museums would love to have these things. Thank right? you. And they can display that. Yeah. Back. They should have yeah. a Confederate museum. I, I, I agree. Listen, good, bad, or indifferent, like I said, it is a part of 
Americans' history. Yes. And, you know, uh, it's important that we know our history. Uh, it, it's just, I find it uh, very, very sad and disheartening, um, yeah. the vandalism and anarchy that is taking place. And also, as conservatives, you know, that we are under attack. Uh, yeah. Us being conservatives are under attack all the time for trying to protect the rights that our founding fathers founded this country on. For those that are tuning in, this is the Chaunty Show. I'm your host, Chaunty Brown. My guest in the studio is Jason Roberg, who is running for Congress in the 7th Congressional District. Um, let's move to, to the national landscape a little bit more, if, if you will. Um, we have a lot of issues on the national level uh, that's affecting our country. We, we haven't put in, uh, immigration reform in. Uh, we haven't really put together a good health package, and we know that we've had an obstructionist Congress for the past three years. Yeah. We have a fentanyl drug crisis. We have a crime uh, educational crisis. We have drug trafficking, human trafficking. We have so many issues um, in this country, and they're being distracted uh, by the emotional left where we can't even get to try to work on solving these issues. What are some of the other issues on the national landscape that concern you, especially as being a lawyer, that you would consider policy changes or law changes or introducing of policies or laws that you would like to do when you get to Congress? Sure. So, you know, one of the advantages I actually have having a legal background is I'm able to mm -hmm. actually draft laws myself, uh, which is kind of – kind of interesting so you know you say lawmaker legislator you know a, a lot of them are lawyers uh not the majority but close to i think it's close to half of congress is uh and there's a very distinct reason for that because we can actually go in and affect change which i think is a an excellent advantage for us you know i mean the lawyers get a bad rap but if, you know at the same time you have analytical skills and the ability to reason through problems uh you know you're kind of trained for it i guess if you will so I, I think that one of the things I really want to touch on, we'll get back to Second Amendment rights. I think a full review of all of the uh, laws infringing on Second Amendment rights needs to be reviewed. All of the Supreme Court decisions and other court decisions that infringe on constitutional rights need to be reviewed. Um, and any of them that are unconstitutional, which is, you know, most of them, uh, if not all, um, they need to be uh, overturned one by one. You know, if it's a if there's a law, it needs to be written out. Um, it needs to be it needs to be taken out because uh, the Second Amendment is very clear. You know, you don't really need uh, very very much very many opinions to to interpret what it means. I mean, it's very clear. That's a, that's an obvious one. Um, so I won't beat that one too hard with a won't beat that dead horse too hard. But we want to review that. <laughs> that's important. And it, no one's willing. To do it though, see this is this is why I really have to. Okay, I got to keep going on this. No one is willing to step up to the plate. <laughs> no one in Congress. These, <laughs> these lawmakers. Are, I'm sorry. Are, are, I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> no, you're okay. I'm uh, <laughs> I know you know, you're going to roll. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I got to. I got to just take this thing. We got to just run with this thing. Uh, you know, the lawmakers, you know, they, they don't have the ability 
you know, I don't know if it's mentally, psychologically, uh, uh, whatever, the, whatever it is, they don't have the ability to, to change any of these laws. They're weak. I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. They're weak. And, you know, they, they, they're, now they're saying, oh, we need to add on, add on red flag laws and all this stuff. That is complete nonsense, uh, and, and, and I think that uh, everybody knows it. So, anyway, that's one of my main <laughs> national issues and, you know, border security. Right now, actually, we are, as we are recording this, President Trump is at the border uh, down in Arizona visiting the beautiful new wall that was built, which is great. And, uh, you know, border security, we have to continue to fund uh, the wall. It's a wall, you know, plus sensors, obviously. And, um, you know, that's an important thing as far as uh, uh, illegal immigration goes. And I, I think that that's critical. Now, that issue kind of speaks for itself. So another issue uh, I, I believe, and I don't hear many people talking about this, is Social Security needs to be fixed now in the immediate sense. Uh, I know that uh, no one wants to touch it because it's a uh, – it's a what is it? A political nuclear football, or what? What do they call that? Um, <laughs> yeah, a political football. I like that. Though. Oh, political yeah, yeah. nuclear <laughs> football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nuclear radioactive. Yeah, they don't want to touch this topic. <laughs> they they don't want to touch the topic. The seniors are 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 you know they don't want to offend any senior citizens or you know one way or the other. And it's like, look, okay, we can keep on kicking this thing down the road, but in 14 years and right around the year 2034, it's, the program is going to be insolvent, and it, you know, it's not going to be funded anymore. It's not going to have full funding. So, you know, we can fix it now by making some slight adjustments because we don't have enough lead time on it. Um, but uh, the politicians, they don't want to touch it, and that is. That is really a bad thing, you know. That that is that's bad because we need to take care of our seniors. Uh, you know, again, this Amen. Kind of, kind of, you know, right? So, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, have your grandparents uh, that are ninety or great grandparents working when they're ninety-five? I mean, it's just unreasonable. So, uh, we need to we need to fix that. And uh, yeah, there are so many issues. I don't mind touching the hot button. Uh, topics, though you know, a lot of these other politicians are politicians, I guess, if you will. I'm I'm not a politician, so I don't mind uh, dealing with these issues. So, Jason, uh, thank you um, so much. Uh, I have a new term now: uh, political <laughs> nuclear football. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal. I love it. The nuclear part. I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal that from you. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I believe also that Social Security has to be revamped. Uh, I'm excited, though, possibly about the privatization of Social Security. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, you know, and I really wanted to mention my position, and then I, I wanted to ask you, like you said, we need to take care of these seniors, but I think that we should move. I mean, I'm not a candidate to a private system for the new people that get on and let them to distribute their funds how they wish. Um, but I'll let you, as a candidate, uh, talk about what do you think about privatizing Social Security and what do you think about individuals controlling their own money? You know, my my intuition or my, my, my gut instinct, if you will, tells me that the, the free market, private, 
private is better than public. That's kind of my starting point. Now, here's the here's the problem we have, if we privatize. What will what could happening is if people mismanage their money and they do not invest it properly, then they'll end up being insolvent. I'll use that word again. Uh, when they when they are in retirement at some point, and then we'll end up having to pay uh, to keep them, you know, housed and fed and everything. Uh, ultimately, mm. anyway, mm. so you know, right? So that that's that's the risk factor. That's the downside. Now, the po- the positive side of of how, you being able to manage your own funds is the federal government's not going to screw this whole thing up for for our senior citizens, which is also a huge risk because if no one deals with this before 2034 or the years going forward, there's not going to be enough money to, to pay for, to pay for it, which is also uh, a calamity and also a problem. So, you know, I, I think maybe now to encourage or to try out the idea, I actually do like the idea of it going private. We maybe should do a uh, pilot program, take a thousand, who these people would be, but a thousand random people, uh, and, and do kind of a pilot program now, like starting today, and 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 see how they kind of kind of go forward and sort of gauge how it how it's been playing out. And you know, if it's a if it's a wild success, uh, that'll that, you know we'll know in ten years or so, and then then you know we can go with that. But I, the thing is, with all these with all these programs and all these problems. You got to just find good solutions. You got to try different solutions instead of just grandstand. Like a lot of these politicians will go up there and just grandstand, and they'll have all these fancy talking points, but they don't really mean anything because they have no ability to actually do anything, or they're not smart enough to to do anything and solve these problems. Or their team is bad. You know, if you have a bad team, mm-hmm. then then you know you can't really problem solve. You know, it's like being on an island alone. So um, that's kind of the way I look at it. You just need really good teams. And uh, good problem solvers, so which I am. So, okay, I've got another. Uh, uh, I'm trying uh, another nuclear football <laughs> education. <laughs> there you go. Ed- <laughs> education. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. ironic. I served two terms as a commissioner of education in New Jersey, and mm-hmm. I was really a big proponent of public education. But now I find myself for school choice. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that we've had in our country was the adoption and institution of the federal educational system. And I believe that that's something that is bloated. And I think that we have more money that goes to administrative salaries and contracts that we do Mm -hmm. going to instruction of children and uh, because of your educational background, I know that you're aware of some educational issues. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about education in America today, and what do you think that we need to do to try to change the dynamic? I want to add one caveat to that. When mm-hmm. we look at Congress people like AOC and other Congress people who really do not have a good fundamental understanding of our government, the Constitution, Mm -hmm. Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights, statesmanship, Uh, and they're not learning American history in school today. What what do we do? Yeah, you know, 
I was watching. Yeah, two minutes. I went through all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me just solve. <laughs> I'll solve world hunger also in the next two minutes. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, no. So I was lucky enough. I went to public schools, but I happened to have very good teachers. You know, from what I recall, mm-hmm. they were fairly they were they were fairly neutral. You know, but I do recognize that there are a lot of school systems that have not. I'll just call them not very good teachers or teachers that are either unmotivated or they're biased or what have you. So. In order to, I, I think you really have to look at the, the leadership in those schools, like the principals, the the, uh, the supervisor people, uh, any of the people that control kind of the hiring and firing in the school. They need to they need to really assess who they're hiring and firing because they, you know, how can you how can kids learn off of a teacher who's not teaching? I mean, it it sounds so remedial and simple to say that, but you know these these kids are. You know, they don't mind learning. You know, there's some interesting classes like science class. And history can be mm-hmm. interesting too, right? And um, so you got to get mm-hmm. teachers in there that are really motivated. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, 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 a, it's a local level issue. I don't think there should really be a Department of Education. I don't see them as really contributing all that much. Uh, maybe, maybe keep them around on a, on a very small, small level um, because, you know, to coordinate any uh, state grants or, or you know, something like that. But I don't think that the, mm-hmm. they need to be a, a full-blown department, you know, with a, I don't know how many people are on salary. It's or too on much. There are a thousand. Yeah. It's too much bureaucracy. Yeah. It's too much bureaucracy. Yeah. And it's yeah. taking money away, as you just said, uh, to the instruction of our children. And, you know, what's ironic, yeah. too, is is that, you know, when I look at public education today, the first thing these school districts want to do is lay off teachers. And I'm saying, yeah. I don't understand that. When you're top-heavy administrators, why do you lay off yeah. the instructional staff before? Uh, and that's where, you know, I, I firmly believe, you know, politics and all those things that are not helping our children <clears throat> play a large role um, in that. Jason, unfortunately, we're out of time. I had a great time today. Okay. Uh I'm going to let my audience know that you will be back on at least two or three times uh, before your primary uh, of August 18th. Please share July with 18th. my audience. I'm sorry, July? July 18th, yep. Oh, oh woof. okay, then i got a lot of work to do. July 18th, I apologize. Uh, California is August, I believe. No, California had theirs. Florida is August. I'm sorry. I'm all over the country. <laughs> um Please share with our audience if they would like to do- volunteer to your campaign, if they want to donate, or if they want to contact and reach out to you for questions. Can you please share that information with our audience? Sure. The website is uh, Roberge for Congress com, or Twitter is Jason Roberge, R-O-B-E-R-G-E-V-A for Virginia. And uh, that's the Twitter handle there. And, yeah, reach out to me. Uh, if you would like to donate or even just help on the campaign, if you're in the district, that would be fantastic. Jason, I can't thank you enough. I had a wonderful time this afternoon chatting with you. And once again, I can't thank you enough for your service to our country and your service to want, again, stand up for Virginia American people by running for Congress. Thank you so much. We need more people like you in office that want to serve the public good. 
and not the will of political interests. Thank you so much, and we will talk soon. Thank you. Have a good day. This is the Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday. Stay tuned for this Thursday. We're going to have Aaron Petta. Petta, oh, please forgive me. Don't get mad at me, Aaron. Um, Aaron Petta Grew, who is running for U.S. Senate in Tennessee. He's going to be in our studio uh, on Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, please tune in. That's going to be another exciting show. You can follow us on Twitter at The Chauncey Show. You can also follow us on Facebook, The Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey. You can follow me on Twitter at Right Talk Host. You also can follow me on Facebook at Radio Hosts. We're always right. We're never left. We have real people, real issues, and real talk. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to our show, And I hope that you all have a safe and a blessed evening. Thank you very much, and good night now. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max.